If someone were afraid of the dentist, maybe they haven't been in a long time, maybe they're embarrassed because they haven't been in a while, I feel like this would be a really safe place for them to go and get the care that they need. At Advanced Dentistry, we get it. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, if you want to learn how IV sedation can change your life, visit NoFearDentist.com. Everybody. Welcome back to Ruin. This is Hallie. And this is Allison. All month, we have been doing our uh, Being a Teen Sucks theme. That horror continues past the chronological age of 19. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've been, we've been sharing stories about our troubled teenage uh, traumas. And the one I'm going to share today, I think we're both going to share a little a quickie, which I think is what all uh, sex is when you're a teen. Um, <laughs> and I was, I was in, I was, 22 uh, during this story, but I was living in my parents' house, and I think that as long as you're living by the rules of being a teenager, you are classified as a teenager. I'll allow it. I still knew as much as I did as a teen. I had not, you know, I had not learned anything in the four years I was at college because I was just being a teenager away from my parents. But I was out on my, I was living at my parents' house, and and I was out for my birthday. I had like gone out for dinner with like my parents and a couple of friends, and then I got to stay at the bar because I was over 21, as were a handful of my friends who, like, met me out. And we did, like, a real drunk bar night, like a real proper—and this is the departure from teenage life, because we were uh, we were legally at a bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but just got absolutely fucking obliterated. And the guy I had been kind of, like, on and off seeing whenever I was in, like, back at home from college uh, had come out and— I boldly was like, you should come home with me. Home being my parents' home. Oh, boy. Um, Which was not something I ever did as a teenager or ever again uh, following Uh this, which is uh, we got a cab. We went back and, like, somehow, like, snuck up into my bedroom. I mean, I think my parents are pretty heavy sleepers, so, like, I wish I had known that as a teen, though I wouldn't have done anything about it. I would have just continued not being that— that cool. Um, <laughs> but brought him, like, and I don't even, like, I don't even know if we had sex. Like, we, not in a what happened way, but like, one, this was like 25 years ago or something. And two, we were both very drunk. And I'm pretty sure we just like made out and passed out because that was like pretty much what was happening. And in the morning, my mom like left and went to go like work or do shit. And then my dad worked from home. And so, like, I woke up in the morning and I I was like, oh, shit. Like, how do you get out of here? My dad is in his office, which faces, like, our driveway. Like, he's going to see us leave for me to drive you home. And so I was like, maybe if we, like, go out the back. And I was like, no, I'm just going to have to do it and, like, deal with whatever the consequences are. And, like, sure enough, like, Alex and I, like, left and I drove him home and I like came back with coffee because I was like, oh, I just went out to get coffee. And my dad was like, obviously I saw what just happened. Did he sleep over here? And I was like, did you guys not know that? Like what's happening? And my mother called me after my dad had told her, um, which I was like, dad, you're supposed to be like on my side here. And he's like, not with my daughter having sex. And my mom was like, I opened the door to your room in the morning and only saw you and was like, oh good, she made it home and like closed the door. And I was like, oh my God, like she didn't even notice that he was there. And I was like, if only my dad had been working out of the house, I could have really pulled that off. But at the end of the day, I was still uh, 
being a teen and thus uh, got caught. The only time I ever got caught doing anything like that. So very traumatizing. So So far. There's still so much time left. Still only 37. They could certainly (laughs) catch me doing that again. (laughs) Um, Let's hear yours to close out our month of terror. So this was also, I was in college too, but I was still a teen. I was 19. I went to go visit the same friend that I've referred to in other stories, um, the one who called me and prank called me. And I was visiting him. He went to Harvard. And so I went to go visit him and stayed. Like, I was just like, I didn't know. So like I slept in his roommate's bed. I used everyone's towels. You know what I mean? I was just, oh, yeah. you know. So then when I got home, I had crabs. And I called him. I was like, oh, I must have got crabs from your roommate's towels. And there's still a hotly contested debate about where I got the crabs. I did not hook up with anyone. This is not a sex-related sure, crab sure, sure. transmission. This is like purely a, a hygiene, like a bathroom bed. Right. Something happened. Yeah. Like I used some, I probably used someone's robe. I'm sure I did. I'm sure I used everybody's stuff in there. I had like no boundaries. And um, he's like, oh, no, it's because we I had like a vintage, like an outfit for an 80s party. Because, you know, high, college sure. it was all about a theme party. But oh, they yeah. weren't actually vintage. Like they were my friend Anne's mom had made an outfit because she could sew. So it was just, it was an 80s outfit, but it was not actually from the 80s. So I was like, it couldn't be that. Right. So I was like, is it from the airplane or whatever? And that's, it is what it is. Listen, it's college. If you don't get crabs, were you really, really there? Um, but I remember true. I told my RA, and again, this is Notre Dame, so everyone's like hyper, like ill-informed about sexuality and also like hyper vigilant about it. So like mm-hmm. my RA flipped out. Like, I think I was like, oh yeah, I have to like use like, we use like a comb or like some, some sort of chemical yeah. to try to like get rid of them. So I yeah, went yeah. into the dorm showers to do that. And then afterwards I left and I came back and she had put like police tape over the shower <gasps> stall that I oh, used and no. told everyone that I had crabs. But again, I <gasps> didn't, I, and this is like speaks to a lot of like both my success and failure as a person. I was just like, yeah, well I did. You know what I mean? Like it didn't, I didn't take it. Per- right. I wasn't embarrassed. I was just like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? You know? But I always right. remember being like, I think maybe the police tape was a little much, you know? It's a bit much and like, Especially at that age, like, you're so afraid of all the consequences of everything you yes. do. Like, especially, like, sexual ones. And, like, you're out in, like, a public living space and bathroom for the first— Like, everything feels kind of, like, scary and icky. Right. So, like, to do that and then, like, point to you and be like, because of her. Also, um, it's like, I don't think you could get crabs just by shower. Like, the, the, even the no. logic, the science wasn't there. Yeah, I don't think that that all works. But at the same time, like, if I were on that dorm floor, I would be like— well, stay away from me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Listen, if you're 18, 19, you don't know, I know how science works. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that's my story. And um, But yeah, you get it. Sticks with me, you know. Uh, the Ruined Live Show is coming up August 29th at 7 p.m. That's a Sunday, so we can, you know, really kick the week off all together. We will, of course, be ruining Emma Chamelon's old. So for the God's sake, don't look up any spoilers. No, um, stay off Twitter. We'd love for you to join us. You can get tickets and more information at momenthouse.com slash ruin. It's going to be a great time, and you don't have to leave the comfort of your house. And isn't that what it's all about, people? I mean, it's really about staying home still. So also, we're going to have a super spooky uh, alcoholic beverage, that we're, a little cocktail that we're going to enjoy during it. We'll give you all the details of that so you can drink along with us throughout the show. And there's going to be a chat. You can interact with us. We love that. So get ready. Have some questions and comments and enjoy with us. 
Also, if you happen to buy tickets and not be available the night of the show, you will be able to watch it for up to 72 hours after we record. So you got it's like a DVR, but for a podcast, but also live, <laughs> but video. So it'll be fun. <laughs> you can get tickets and more information about the show at momenthouse.com slash ruined. Um, well, guys, yeah. we hope you enjoy. This is actually an off-requested movie for this week. We are doing yes. It Follows. Truly yes. the... You know, a movie about how being how being a teen sucks, and then how being um, sexually active sucks. I think it's yeah, so. It's a yeah. hand in hand. It's a, it's a yes. both. So it's fitting. They go together like peanut butter and jelly. Um, so yeah, as always, you can um, let us know comments and concerns. Ruin at the radio yeah. point dot com. And um, yes. until we meet again, yeah, we gotta ask you. Keep keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Also, we love you. Also, we love you. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hi, this is Hallie Kiefer. And I'm Allison Livy. And welcome to Ruined, the podcast where we ruin a scary movie for you. Well, it's not ruining if you're deeply terrified of scary movies and just live in the Wikipedia pages of all of them, which is who I am. Right. And I'm someone who loves horror movies. So I, and I have a lot of complicated feelings about spoilers. I guess I don't technically believe in them. That being said, what we're about to do is I'm going to tell Allison every detail about a horror movie. So if you don't like spoilers, well, then why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah, you've clearly come here by accident. So please still listen, but also know that this is what you're getting into. Yeah, we're going to ruin this, literally. Now, the movie we're doing this week is It Follows. Yes. And Allison, what, what is your general sense of It Follows? Okay, I remember when it came out, and mm-hmm. I remember that it was, like, vaguely related to sex. I rewatched. Ooh, love it. I rewatched. I just remember being fucking terrified mm-hmm. um, of the concept, as I am of almost every scary movie or film that's not a rom-com, if we're being honest. Um, I rewatched the trailer. Right. And so what do you think, based on the trailer, is this a film that you could ever imagine? No, 0% of right. me... Zero percent of me could ever watch this movie. This is terrifying. Like, also, it's like young people like get like. It's interesting. I mean, that which I'm sure is I'm sure is wrong because people like this movie, and I don't feel like people would like it if it was like moralizing teenage sexuality. I I, I guess you know that's a good point. I feel like it's almost like a play on that from uh, you know all horror movies. Sure, it's sort of a, approaching that same idea from a different angle. Like, what if that is the horror part of it? Um, and it is, it came out in 2014. It's directed by David Robert Mitchell. It's also written by him. And genre, I'm going to say evil entity. So it's not a haunted house because you leave the house. You're good. It's still there, baby. Yeah. It follows. Right now, we're about to spoil. And again, if you don't want this about, please don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, stop now. Um, the film, It Follows. Oh, I'm already very uncomfortable and nervous. And also it's gray outside, so I'm getting more scared. We opened on a young woman. In her underwear and high heels, running out of a house. Young woman, 16, young woman, 24. Uh, 18, 19. Okay, so neither. Great. But, you know, but I mean, like, in high school, college. Okay. A a perfect time to come of age, is what I think. Yeah, not a teen, though. Yeah. Okay. She runs out of her house, and she's clearly trying to avoid something that we can't see. And her father runs out and is like, Annie, what's wrong? And she doesn't say anything to him. She's like, it's fine, it's fine. It's clearly not fine. 
we don't see what she's trying to evade. She basically runs in a circle outside of her house, runs back in, grabs the car keys, drives. She drives for hours. Now it's dark. Oh, gosh. She drives to the beach. This takes place, like, outside Detroit, so, like, Michigan? Yeah. I'm bad with the lakes, but... Couldn't tell you which one it is. Doesn't matter. She drives to the beach. We can tell she's given up. She calls her mom and dad, says, I just want to let you know that I love you. Her parents are obviously, like, what, what's going on? She's on the beach, and she's just watching the tree line. Just scanning the tree line. Like, water to her back? Yes. Okay. Slam cut to it's the morning. She's dead. Her leg is broken in half up over her body. Still what? Still got that pump on, though. And she's laying in a pool of slime or some other liquid. I'm sorry, she drove in heels? Drove in heels. <laughs> ran in heels, drove in heels. There's going to be a lot of quiet things that you're not going to understand. This movie put that on the list. Okay. So slime cut two. She did, right? She's dead. It and follows. she's covered in ooze? Covered in ooze. Is a it lot like of liquid. Is it like the kind of thing where you're like, this is not from nature, or is if, it the kind I of thing where you're like... squirted a, an incredible volume, it would approximate this. It's not a normal human volume of liquid. But it's not like objective, like obviously alien. No, no, no. Okay. You, it's the kind of thing where like, also she's covered in blood. So you don't immediately see... I'd almost rather it be alien in nature than something that looks like it come out of a vagina. Well, you know, I can only say that it's both... Oh, no. Cut to well, another... Uh, it took me a long time to figure out if she was in high school or college. I believe she said community college. So I'm going to say she's oh, 18. in between. Well, well <laughs> it, so she lives in the suburbs. She lives at home with her... Like, she's a younger, like, teenage... Older teenage uh, sister, Kelly. Uh, Jane Kelly lived with her mom. Their mom was a flawed alcoholic. The dad is gone. I, I, I watched it. I wasn't there whether the dad had left or had died. I believe he died, right? But there's already... Wait, but he wasn't even, like... Coming after her being like, where are you? Where sorry, are you? this is a totally different other girl. Now the we're girl, gonna... I'm sorry, the girl we saw on the beach. I'm already confused. I'm she was, she's killed. Her leg okay. snapped up over her head. Okay. Dead. We don't see how she dies. We know only that this girl we saw up top is dead on the beach somewhere. And she was running from something. Yes. Presumably something that follows her. Exactly. Okay. Cut to Jay and Kelly. And they're very sad mom, who's like in the in the background a lot of scenes just drink red wine, not even engage them. Okay. So clearly, like, and that's sort of one of the themes is, like, young people not being disengaged from their parents, the parents being disengaged, like, not offering any sort of insight, like, just nobody's communicating whatsoever. Yeah. So Jay's been dating this guy, this hunky dreamboat named Hugh. And so they have another date tonight, and they go uh, to the movies, and they play a game called The Trade Game. And The Trade Game is you pick someone in the crowd and say, who would you want to trade lives with? And Hugh picks a little boy. And he said, and she's like, why do you want to be a little boy? And he said, well, I'd love to have my whole life to live again. Wouldn't that be nice? Also, I could put my pants whenever I want. I can't really get away with it. You're like, oh my God, you're so handsome. And you can say He like can say stupid things. Yeah. Where you're like, that's not, no one's like, God, if only I could shit my pants. Exactly. <laughs> but you're like, you, you're a babe. So we'll You're a babe. So they go what, is he, what, what does he look like? I, since I um, Chad Michael Murray. Okay. He looks exactly nice. like, um, I, don't, I don't know the actor's name, but he looks like, ACW dreamboat. Yeah, just like heartthrobby. Exactly. And just like threatening. Yeah. Just kind of hunky. Like just like clearly like just graduated, like football star, yeah. that kind of thing. And she's like a beautiful blonde. You see her getting ready. And it's something like that's one of the main things, is like coming of age, she's becoming a woman. You know what I mean? It's right at the cusp. New to makeup. Yes. Look, puts on lipstick and stares in the mirror, that kind of thing. Oh, God. <laughs> and, um, but she looks great. So they're on this date. And so, and, you know, he said, well, now you pick, you pick somebody. 
And she and um, she's looking around. And she can't pick somebody. He says, well, what about that girl in the yellow dress? And Jay says, I don't see a girl in the yellow dress. And he's like, no, no, that, that we're over there. And, he's like, and she's like, there's, there's nobody there. We can see there's nobody there. Hugh immediately panics. And it's like, we have to leave the movie theater right now. They run out. But she's like, okay, that was his ex-girlfriend. Like, that was somebody. Like, like, so I'm trying to rationalize. Like, he must have seen somebody. I just didn't see her or whatever. Right, right, right. Anywho, Hugh can see something that other people can't see. Clearly. But you know what? He is so dreamy. So they get, go out again, even though he acted very unusually. And Jay's like, you know, I think, like, he wants to have sex. And, like, I think that the, like, that's what's happening. But this date really was weird. And her sister's like, well, he seems nice or whatever. Which, again, if he seems nice, things are only going to go Something's wrong. Something's wrong. So they go and they go to the lake and they, like, have beers. They're having, like, just, like, a great, like, late teenage, like, Lakes. what? Very dangerous-seeming areas. Oh, definitely. And, teens in these movies. You know, and this is outside Detroit, and so there's a lot of, like, um, what's that called? Like, the, um, there's just a bit where people go take pictures of abandoned buildings. It's like... <laughs> what? It's like destitution porn. That's, oh, like, what yes, the derogatory yes. word for it is. Yes. But it's like, people go and take pictures of these beautiful buildings. Poverty porn. Poverty porn. So there's a lot of that where they're clearly just shooting in these buildings, and also it is beautiful, but also it's, like... It just emphasizes, like, you know, you walk a block, there's nobody there. Like, you're right. it's yes. isolated, you know. Okay. So they go to the lake, but it's actually, like, really romantic, and they go back to the car, and they fuck, right? Right. And everything seems to be going. There's sex in a car. But the way they do it, to me, is, like, from being a rural area, like, I find it charming. Like, I was like, good well, for well, you, well, you know. I'd rather they have sex in the car than out in the open Ooh. in, like, a very scary isolated, desolate area. Right. Well, like, I'm like, like this, be in the car because then you can drive away. You well, don't have to, like, get dressed and get in a car. So they have sex in the car. This car is right next to an abandoned um, hospital. And uh, it's terrifying. Again, this is the Midwest, no. girl. And so they have sex. And she and Jay sort of has this, like, little soliloquy about, like, you know, I always, like, dreamed about this, like, growing up. It's like, you know, just having the freedom to, like, go do whatever you want, like, being an adult. So, of course, um, Hugh immediately chloroforms her. And what? knocks her out, right? Jay wakes up bound to a wheelchair in her underwear in the abandoned house. No! Like, they're, like, a couple floors up. Oh, right. my God! And this he says... I have to imagine that she was a virgin before. Um, no. We know we okay. find out later that she's had she's dated and, like... Okay, you know. So this isn't, like, this is the first time you've had sex. Exactly. Okay. Thank God. It's still fucked up, though. No, but, I mean... But, yeah, it's not that. Because you're not sure about... Because then that really changes a lot... Right. Just from a well, perspective. Well, things are going to go from bad to worse. Oh, no! Hugh says, hey, you know, just, you know, I just gave you something when we had sex. And I did look it up, and the director said, even if you use condoms or if it's same sex, any kind of sex you have, you could pass it. So it's not simply just intercourse. It's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. It could look like anyone. But there's only one of it. It can only walk. It's very slow, but it's not stupid. So you just have to cast... <laughs> it's not keep, stupid. It's, a very, it's not stupid. It's a very interesting qualifier. <clears throat> so you just have to keep moving. And I and she's like, you're crazy, you know, whatever. He said, I'm just doing this to show you that it's true. So then he wheels her over to this crumbly down wall, and we see a nude woman just slowly walking up to the building. And he said, that's it. And Jay's like, who is that? What are you talking about? And he said, I just want you to know that this is real. So he lets the woman come all the way up to her, almost, before driving her wheelchair away. And he throws her back in the car and takes her home. And then, uh, and what? basically he says to her, just don't let it touch you. If it touches you, you die. He drives up, and outside, um, 
Jay's house is her sister Kelly <clears throat> and their two longtime friends, their friend Yara and this guy Paul. And they, the implication is that they've been friends since childhood. So, like, her sister and her friends are just, like, you know, drinking, like, playing cards on the porch. Hugh drives up, dopes Jay out out of, the, out of the road in her underwear and drives off. And so, of course, you know, they call the cops or whatever. So everyone is who's like, oh, this guy's crazy and, like, made up this crazy thing and had this naked woman show up to you. And Jay's like, I don't know. I don't, you know, that seems makes sense. Does she connect what happened to him seeing the woman in the movie? So Not she, yet. Okay. No. So the implication is sort of like, and I'm going to try to say implication because I noticed that I say implication 1,000 times. It feels like a very useful word yes. in what we're talking about. Because I want to be clear, I'm not saying I know this for sure. I'm saying based on what I've seen. <laughs> they are implying. This is the implication. And um, no, everyone just thinks like this guy, this is like some weird game or like he's a psycho and he was doing it with this woman or whatever. Yada, yada, yada. Um, there, oh, also there's a hunky guy across the street named Greg. And you later find out that he and Jay dated in high school and he was kind of mean to her, but they did sleep together. Like, they have a history or whatever. Okay. But it's kind of fraught. And he is, again, a dreamboat. And, I assume everyone in this movie is attractive. Well, except for their good friend Paul. And not, not that Paul's not attractive. He just looks like a man who has not finished going through puberty. Ooh. So, like, you've got these other hunks and then, like, their childhood friend who clearly is in love with Jay. Yeah. But they've known each other since kindergarten, so... Right, so he's, like, not really an option until... Has he been <laughs> friend-zoned? Yeah. Right. Jay is... She's starting to recover from this incident. It's just something like, I guess this guy was crazy. Turns out he was not his real name. He rented a house, so they don't actually know where he lives. So the police tra- are trying to track him down. So no one had known him before. No, she met him, like, at work or something. Like, he came in to work or something. Okay. <clears throat> that makes more sense. So she's at school, and of course, as I love in every movie, there's a lot of, uh, there's some literary references. Ooh. The first literary reference is her friend Yara is reading The Idiot by Dostoevsky. Okay. Um, on this little pink shell compact that is a phone. That's all we have. That is a phone? That she has like a, it looks like a little shell compact. That's her phone. There's no explanation for it ever given. So I think it's supposed to be like, is this the future? It's supposed to try to take you out of time, I think. Okay, so that you're not like, where are the iPhones? Where's exactly. the like, just like GPS or whatever? Like then that. like the girl at the beginning has a phone, has a cell phone, so I don't That's know. Very it seems contemporary, yes. is what I'm saying. So, okay. um, but she's reading The Idiot, and then um, Jay is in a college class, and it's, she, they're reading the, um, what is it called? The Love Story of J. Alfred Prufrock. Yes. And um, so, and that, that's about rest and ennui, and they read the lines, I should have been a pair of ragged claws scuttling across the floors of silent seas. And that whole, essentially the whole pop yes. is like, is it even, is the fact that we know about death and what about mortality how do we deal with it? Is wouldn't it just yeah. be better to be not know about it? While we're learning this very thematically salient um, poem, we see out the window an old lady in a nightgown just walking towards the school. No, no one can see her. No, except for Jay. No, but she is so spooky. Yeah, Jay is wise enough to suspect that this is insane, so she drives home. She leaves. And the thing about the it is, it goes very slowly. <laughs> so anywhere you go, it will catch up to you. But she doesn't know this yet. Always. Yeah. So she goes home <clears throat> and talks to her sister in Nepal. And they're like, oh, I think that you have, like, trauma. Like, I think this is because of what happened to you. Which is fair. Like, you would just Absolutely. assume that's PTSD and... Yeah, in, in the real world, that is what we'd be like, well, you should see a therapist. You yeah. know, like, we have to you figure need to this maybe out. go to a hospital or a hotel. 
Yeah, and again, the mom's checked out. So Paul's like, well, I can sleep over and protect you. And you're like, oh, girl, Paul. Like, that's very kind to you. But, you know, and so what he does, and they kind of have like a, you know, they're they're on the couch. They kind of have a nice moment. And I guess like Paul was Jay and Kelly's first kiss when they were kids. And they talk about finding these porno magazines. And it's a very interesting scene because it's like, depict, it's like this weird sexual thing, but also it was like so innocent and like kind of funny, yeah. you know? And then you hear the, the window in the kitchen shatter. And no. Paul goes and looks. He doesn't see anybody. Oh, God. Because Paul can't see anybody. No. So Paul's like, I'm going to get your sister and he'll, you know, calm me down. Jay goes This in. is in the trailer. Okay, yes. And I hated this scene in the trailer so much. I almost stopped watching the trailer. And in case you haven't seen the trailer, of course, what you're seeing is a woman with one titty up. Oh, wait, no, this is not in the trailer. Um, well, we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll get into what you think is in the trailer. But so... <laughs> Woman with one titty out. Oh, you're right, because we would have been able to show them the trailer. Uh, peeing on herself. With her arms kind of bent up behind her, her teeth knocked out. And it's just slowly walking towards Jay. That is terrifying. Yes. And every different time you see it, it's, it's a different, different thing. It's a different thing. Or person, rather. It could look like anything. And but is it always says, human? It's always human. Okay. And Hugh says, sometimes it looks like someone you know. And then Hugh's sort of, his perspective on it, his perspective is like, sometimes I think it looks like someone you know to, like, hurt you. Yeah, to get closer to you. Yes. Was it in the trailer? Yes, that too. And so she runs upstairs. She's like, there's this crazy lady in the kitchen. Everyone's like, no, there's not. You know, they lock the door. And then the other friend Yara's there. Could, the, could it kill you when other people are around? Mm-hmm. Yes, as we will see in the movie. Oh, God, okay, fine. Yes, it would hypothetically come in, kill her in front of everyone, and they would never, they would see her be killed. But they want to know how. Exactly. Because they, they can't see it. Okay. So, they're trying to calm her down. Somebody opens a door. There's the biggest motherfucker you've ever seen. That's what I saw in the trailer. Yes. It lurched with, like, eye facial bruises all over. Yeah. It was very Slenderman-y. Yes, And to absolutely. me, that's the scariest thing on the planet. Absolutely. Slenderman. Um, so she runs out, you know, she's freaking out. Greg, the hunk next door, sees this and trying to, like, you know, it's like, how can we help? She said, we got to find this guy, Hugh. We got to find him. You got to find this asshole. Yeah. So eventually they drive. And again, nobody's parents give a fuck about anywhere they're going, have any idea what's going on. I don't know whether they're supposed to be in school or go to work or anything. I feel like that's how most of these movies have to be. And exactly. for there to be, like, enough freedom for the plot to advance. Right. Because otherwise, like, if this was, like, our lives, my parents would be like, what's happening? Right. Go to school. Why are you home? Yeah, like, your school would be calling and be yeah. like, what's happening? Yeah. But also, I guess, like, that's sort of the theme is, like, everyone just sort of, it's just ennui. Where it's just yeah. like, what is the point of any of this? Why are we bothering to go to school? Why are we bothering to go to work? You know, is life meaningless? Well, what gives life meaning? Our mortality. Oh, here it is. And it looks like a crazy Confronting guy. you at every turn. Right. And so they go and find, oh, they go to this, uh, where Hugh was. And so 18 house. is not when you are remotely aware of your mortality. At 18, right. you think you're going to live forever. So let's bring up the theme of this. Because I think that the, what they're trying to argue is that, like, sexuality is, like, as, like, the signifier of adulthood is your first signifier of mortality. So by having sex, you are an adult. And part of being adult is the fact that you are now aging and you will eventually and you will die. Eventually die. So I think this is a whole theme, like, a, this is the whole I analogy. And I think that's why it's kind of a play of, like, in a horror movie, like, oh, if you have sex, you die. Right. This is kind of like the, like, but what if that is true, you know? And in some Oof. sense, when eventually you do become old enough to have sex, you are no longer a child. 
You are here is death. It is following you around. Exactly. It could come at any time. Oh Literally. I re- right? It mm. follows. So uh, they go and they finally... This is existentially exactly. problematic for me. So they hunt down Hugh. They're able... They find this place he's renting out. He, he has a lot of, like, analog porn, which I think is a very interesting choice. Yes. Called Playpen. Um, and he, and so eventually they're able to go find Wait, his high school. Playpen? I was really couldn't say Playboy, right. so it was Playpen, but they look like Playboys. But Playpen is such a terrible name. It's for, so much it's fucking so filthier. baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like it at all. It's so much grosser. I have to assume that some props master was like, here are our options. <laughs> right. We cleared Playpen. We just got, I think we just got to use it. <laughs> I love SMP. And so, um, so eventually they find Hugh. Okay. And the thing about it is, Hugh, and where was he? Hugh's. Uh, so he lives with his parents still. So he he a different the scariest address. thing of all. <laughs> and his real name is Jeff. What? Jeff Redman, which is such a funny like guy from high school name. Do you know a Jeff Redman? Uh, doesn't everybody know a Jeff Redman? I feel like I do. I know a Brian Redman. He probably has a Jeff in his family. I, I shouldn't say his name. He's, I, he's like, we're not even friends. I just know him. But, well, he's not going to listen to this. <laughs> Bitch, I'm going to tag him. Yes, he will. I bet he'll listen to this. I know. Right. Everybody's going to. Um, yeah. Yeah, there are just like certain high school names. Like, I mean, we've discussed this with American Vandal. Every name the, is perfect. Every name is perfect in that show. Right. And Jeff Redman is like, he's kind of like a hug. Like, he like, is oh. the football star, like, yes. going to, yeah. And so they're able to track him down based on this photo they find, and this, you know, the girl has a letterman's jacket, so eventually they find him. Hugh is, even though it is not direct, the creature or entity is not following him, Hugh is not doing well. Because what you realize is... If it kills her, it gets me. It goes straight down the line to whoever started it. Jay, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to hurt you, okay? Someone did this to me, too, okay? So he can't ever rest. Until, but if if she gets it to follow someone else. So like, so the woman at the beginning, Annie, the girl at the beginning, we don't know specifically. The implication, if you will, is that <laughs> Hugh slept with Annie to pass it to her, and then Annie was killed. So then the okay. curse reverted back to him. Hugh. So he's so never comfortable again. You can't be. But how did it get to him? He had a one-night stand at a bar with a woman. Oh, is this coming? I don't want to, like... No, 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 because he doesn't know. He's like, I was given this, the woman told me, and then it was the same thing. She disappears. She disappears. So, and that was obviously intentional. She knew she had it. She was trying to... But also wanted... You, but the thing is, you have to, like, tell the next person, because otherwise, they're going to get fucking killed. Yeah. And so, so he's saying to her, you know... You're, and you want to give it to, like, a hunky 19-year-old, because you know he's going to fuck. Exactly. Well, then I think you know where we're going with this movie, then. And so, um, so, and he's like, just pass it on. But he, even if it's not following him, he, he can still see it. He knows. Oh God. So he can see it. Yeah. And she can see it. Yes. And that was the only, to me, the real laugh of the movie is they're sitting out like in his parents' backyard. His mom, his mom brought out like sodas or whatever, <laughs> like a Marge Simpson move. And then he's watching a girl walking, clearly coming from soccer practice and it like coming closer and he's panicking because nobody else ever right. his back and he's like, can you see that girl? And everyone turns around and the girl looks at them and everyone's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> but like that's, I mean, and I know that was pretty But weird. that is a funny yeah. scene. But yeah, the implication, if you will, is that um, I will. You, you, you will always be haunted because you never know. Even if it passes on 10 people, if they all die. It's still coming back. And you will, maybe Death you'll be. Death is 
in a season. Exactly. Death is coming Ooh. for you. It might take other people first, Allison, but Allison is coming for you. I am not happy with that. <laughs> but a... luckily, Hunky Greg is there. And Hunky Greg's like, you know, my dad has a hunting cabin up, you know, north. We should go there and you can spend some time. And like, well, you know, I don't believe in this, essentially. So I drive to this hunt- hunting cabin. And Jay is sort of struggling with, should she fuck some guy and give him it? I mean, Yeah. And you know what this is going to because we're only midway through the movie. So what is she going to do? Not fuck some guy? Yeah, no, we're definitely seeing more sex. It came in. And so but they're hanging out at the lake and there's an interesting little bit where it shows up and it looks like her friend Yara. So she doesn't immediately recognize it. That seems unfair. It grabbed... None of this is fair. I mean, this is like you're like, this is a demon. It has to be something. But like, okay, so like, is the implication... Uh But none of these other people are having sex at all? Or is it just that these people are... Because it can't be, like... Well, you're saying the friends are... Or are other people, like, in the world around them having sex and not dealing with this? The idea... So this is just some people. I guess it's sort of, like, in my mind, like, a curse or, like, something that is attached to the person itself. Yeah, because hypothetically... I kept thinking, like, what if you have a three-way? Like, well, yeah, that was one of my first thoughts. 100%. Always. What if you had an orgy? Like, there's so many different scenarios where it's like, but who would it go to? Right. And I have to imagine, okay, because we, here are the two possibilities. One, this has existed for thousands of years, and people have just successfully passed it on. Okay. Or, this is new. Like, somebody conjured it, or it showed up, or it came And we don't have an answer to that? No. Okay. And it so makes we can more speculate sense. all we want. Yeah, and it makes more sense if it's new, because I just imagine... It feels modern. If, very modern. And also, like, as an American, if somebody... If, if this happened to me and a guy was like, you have this, I'd be like, great, I'll be dead within the week. Like, there ain't yeah. no way. Oh. I am not conscious enough of my surroundings. A New Yorker? There are too many people. And the thing is, it can look like anyone, and it looks like it, all you can see is somebody walking towards you. That's everyone in New York. That's literally every second of every time I'm outside. And I guess, like, you'd have to live in a rural area. I don't know. Like, it would be, I don't know how you'd live, be able to live. But then I, you kept being like, you keep in your head, you're like, what if you fly to Morocco, and you stay there for a month, and they fly back? And right. Would it be it like has to walk travel? through the ocean yeah, or something? So does it walk through all, like, is it walking through water? Is it, like, navigating? Interestingly. It seems like, like, if you, if you, so the, for example, the girl that shows up in the kitchen, it had to break the window to get in. Okay, so it's not, like, paranormal in exactly. that, like, crossing through walls. But, it like, can it to. walk in water? I mean, or I... would it need to, like, get on a boat? <laughs> would it have to buy a, a flight? Would it have to get To on? fly Spirit Airlines? Would it Come have to on, get a spirit, spirit Airlines? And would it have to keep walking on the plane? Like, would they be like, sir... <laughs> But nobody else can see it. But no one else can see it. So I guess you could just stand in a plane and just walk throughout a plane. Does it know about planes? I guess it does because it knows about doors and windows. Yeah, I guess. The the corporeal nature of it is up for grabs because I just don't know. Okay. So anywho, they have a scare and she she freaks out. She takes Greg's car, drives away. Of course, immediately crashes into a cornfield and goes to a hospital. (laughs) And a hospital's the worst place because you're trapped there and you're ill. Right. Right. So, of course, she makes the decision. I gotta fuck Greg. And the thing is, Greg, besides being a total hunk, and they they already have a sexual history, so it's sort of like not that, whatever. And he's up for it because Greg does not believe in it. Right. And you know that Greg is going to die because he does not believe in it. Well, I mean, that was such a signifier from the moment you said it. 
And also, he's got long, really good hair. Oh, so you're like, Greg, oh, you did, bitch. And so, so Greg, and also Greg is sort of like a little bit of a perv. Like you see him sort of ogling like her sister and like Yara, but like in a way where you're like, oh, this guy's just like a dumbass. Yeah, that's what it's like to be like 19 and 40. Right. Um, and I guess he implies like they broke up, right? Something had happened where he kind of, he had hurt her. Um, but in a way that where you're like, all right, he's just an idiot. An idiot. Anywho. And idiots die. So she fucks him and three days go by. Nothing happens. She's back home. Greg's back home. All the friends are fine. Three days. And, you know, he comes over. He's like, and her thing started immediately. Immediately. And, and you're trying to figure out, like, was the hospital just so far away? It took three days. But it didn't take three days to walk to the, um, the cabin. You know what I mean? Right. So so the whole time you're like, when is it going to show up? But it's been three days. And this sort of reaffirms Greg's belief that it's real. Like she's having a psychiatric problem and you guys are all buying it. But they're like, we saw her hair get grabbed. We saw it kick open a door at one point. Right. That doesn't seem like it would be fake. And he's like, you guys are fucking. It's women. definitely something. Yes. But Greg is not having it because Greg likes to fuck. And that's the thing. If Greg had followed his instinct and just fucked somebody else, he could have passed it on. At least bought himself some more time. Yeah. But he didn't believe in it. So Jay's there. And Jay's like really going through it. And she, her arm's broken. So she's at, she's at home and she's staring at the window. In the middle of the night, she sees Greg walk up to his own door and try to open it, but it's locked. And you realize it has chosen to take the form of Greg himself. So it takes a rock. Wait. Yes. So he, Greg, real Greg is in the house. Yes. And it Greg. Yes. Is outside the house. It's Greg on Greg action. Oh, that's so hot. Greg on Greg violence. <laughs> Greg on Greg violence. But in order to get through it, it has to take a rock and smash the front window and then, like, crawl in, which is kind of funny. <laughs> that is funny. Because you think, like, you're a ghost or a demon. Can't just fucking whatever. But yeah, it has to, like, stop by a Whoa. door feels so. Yeah, like, it has to, like, flip over into it. And it also is wearing, like, white long johns. Oh, God. And then that's I guess. So- I guess this would be one of the more fucked up scenes in the movie. So she runs over to try to stop it. You can't stop it. There's nothing she can do. She can call the cops. She can do whatever. It, it doesn't matter. The only thing they can do is try to get Greg out of the house and run. Unfortunately, by the time she gets in the, into the house, she sees it pounding on Greg's bedroom door. And it won't hurt her. No. But if it kills Greg, it will turn around. It yeah. will, yeah. Oh, my God. And she walks in, and it has taken the form of Greg's mom. Oh, no. And her titties out. There's always a one titty out. There's the one titty out situation is confusing. You see a lot of boobs, a lot of mom boobs. I mean, the, the, the women look phenomenal. But it's just interesting. And so it has taken the form of Greg's mom. And so Greg, being like, my mom's outside, opens the door. And it jumps on him and essentially fucks him to death. <laughs> and now the funny thing is... The funny thing That's is... so fucked up. They're both wearing underwear. So it's essentially she's like grinding him to death. But all of this liquid, this, like, white, like, um, ooze is sort of, or, like, clear liquid is coming out. Okay. Of their genitals. And then, like... Both of their genitals? Unclear. <laughs> Definitely hers. Just I don't like want to put fingers, but... The joining her. of their genitals. And then Greg dead. Well, yeah, obviously. Greg dead. And then she, suddenly, it reverts to her. Right. So she's got to get the fuck out of it. She takes her mom's car, starts driving. And then... There was Paul. We're down to only one man left in this movie. Oh, no. And you better believe it's sweet. 
baby Paul. Paul. And we like Paul. It's just sort of like, you know, because Paul has such a crush on her that he's willing to do this. And you're like, Paul, don't oh, do Oh, it. it's the saddest, most pathetic type of man in movies. Where they're just like forever going to be in love with this girl who like does not care if they live or die. And at what Literally, point? at this point. But the thing is, she does care. Right. Like, because they are friends. They're friends. So she's like, I'm not going to do this. So she's trying to figure out what else to do. And, but she's obviously very depressed, you know. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, she's being followed by a paranormal right. murderer. <laughs> and <laughs> at one point, Paul says, why'd you pick Greg and not me? And you're like, bitch, this is not about you. Like, because it's a monster. She's, like, she is, yeah, having sex with this woman is side of your own death warrant. That's like, why she didn't pick you. He's dead now. Would you like to be that? At one point, you know, Paul is saying, you know, I'll let's just do it. And she's still not, basically is like, I'm not willing, I know what will happen. You're one of my three, two friends and one sister. I'm not going to fuck you. So, you know, she's driving, you know, after she sees uh, Greg gets killed, she drives, drives, drives to the lake. And she's really depressed. And you sort of think like what she's about to do is what you see at the beginning. Where like the girl just drove to the water and was like, all right, it's over. This is it. I can't live like this. But instead she sees a boat. And on those boat, (laughs) that boat, three white guys. And she's like, well, good to fuck these guys. Yeah. And so she swims out there. Nothing like a boat four-way. And um, and you cut to afterwards and she's crying and her cast is ruined because it got all wet. And the cast being wet, I see it was like the most fucked up part of this movie. I'm like, oh my God, she got a cast wet. Like it's like Wait, falling what apart. happened? What, what she did? She swam to the Oh, she swam to the Okay, right. Yeah, she has a cast from when she crashed the car. Right. But then she like gets it all wet. It's all soggy. So it's no longer doing what it needs to do and she still fucks through having a broken arm. Right. And that applies to these guys. Well, okay, fine. so I'll get to that in a minute. But the implication is that these guys will receive what... And she looks young. So it's like, she looks like a six-year-old girl in a sopping wet cast, sobbing, and are going to be like, I'll fuck her. I mean, there, are, there exist those men, but they, you're taking a gamble of those three guys are that guy. Because, yeah. like, if, I think there are a lot of men who are like, hey, it seems like some real bad's going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't feel like this I don't is think fuck this girl. <laughs> so then afterwards, you see her and she's crying or whatever. And I think the implication is that she she either couldn't go through with it or they wouldn't do it. Right. Because based on, like, what happens next, she hasn't passed it on. So she did not have sex with them. In she my interpretation. Not. Okay. But you don't know if it was, like, because she didn't want to or whatever. So Paul is like, I'm going to get back in there. I'm Paul. I'm going to, like, you know, whatever. I'm going to save the day. Right. And she's still like, Paul, I think this is just it. I'm not going to do it. And Paul comes up with an idea. And I I read the director talking about it. And basically the director's like, this is, like, a Scooby-Doo level idea. This is not supposed to make sense. This is supposed to be, like, what would people who have no... We've never seen them crack a book. You know what I mean? You're right. Other than the clamshell book. Right. Like, we've never seen them, like, try to... It's not like a like a movie, like, Insidious, where it's like, ah, we, it's this demon, and this is how you defeat it, whatever. We got nothing. So what they do is they go to an abandoned pool, and they have Jake inside, and they plug a bunch of electrical uh, equipment in, like irons and TVs or whatever, and then they're going to lure it into the pool and electrocute it by pushing in all these things. But, like... I mean, I guess the understanding is that, like, it is corporeal in nature because it has to, it can't go through walls. Like, but, like, I mean, I guess you have to believe you can kill it. Exactly. Can it, we, can it be killed? We don't know. But it's like, you may as well try. Right. Because the other, the implication is if not, then it will just kill everyone forever. Is, right. or it will just follow you, you know, forever until you're dead. And so, um, so let's do it. And then it shows up, of course, eventually. And it looks like, Jay and Kelly's dead father. 
Okay. But she doesn't want to tell that to Kelly. Kelly says, what, what does it look like? And she's like, I don't want to tell you. So instead of getting in the pool and attacking Jay, it starts picking up this equipment and throwing it at her. Like, hucking these things at her. Which is, like, something you've not seen it do, do before. Right. And it it's actually like it pretty scary. Like, yeah. So she's, like, sort of submerged and, like, trying to dodge, like, irons or whatever. And in the meantime, Paul has a gun. Right. And so they're like, we're going to try to shoot it. There's sort of, like, some tension. Um, Yara gets shot. Oh, sure. She lives. But Yara gets full of shot in the leg. Poor Yara. Poor Yara. And um, so eventually they get it. It's at the corner of the pool. Kelly throws a sheet over it so you can see its form. And then Paul shoots it. And eventually shoots it Not twice. Not the worst plan. No, and frankly, Paul's a great shot. He shoots it twice in the head, once while it's standing and once in the pool. He's like channeling all of his <clears throat> sexual energy into being right. like a good marksman. Right, he has marksman. the gun. Right, he has the phallus. <laughs> and he's finally going to take down her father, I guess. Is, yeah. <laughs> now that you're, yeah, now that you're. Yeah, now that the metaphor is like a little muddied. But yeah. I guess it still stands. And so, you know, afterwards, they're like, is it dead? Is it still there? And she looks in the pool and you just see the pool is filling with blood. So I think the implication is at that moment, they think maybe it is dead. Right. But just to make sure, she fucks Paul anyways. Oh no, And there's this amazing shot where they fuck on this couch and then you pan up and you're just looking through like a picture window, it's raining. And this is the great thing about this movie is you're forced to scan, constantly be scanning every yeah, scene. Because like sometimes it'll just walk in from the corner. Oh my God. So you're just so seeing the backyard in sort of obscured by rain and you're just looking. And you never see it. Do you feel any different? Do you? No. And at one point, Paul considers sleeping with a sex worker. So he drives past these, like, two, you know, ladies on the street. Sure. But I think he chooses not to do it. Okay. And he hasn't seen it at this point. No. So there's no, it's like, maybe it is dead. Exactly. And so we've arrived right pretty much at the end of the movie. But Yara is in the hospital recovering from her bullet wound. And she reads something from The Idiot. Dostoevsky's The Idiot. Of course, it all comes full like circle to Russian it. literature. Um, the most terrible agony may not be the wounds themselves, but are knowing for certain that within an hour, within 10 minutes, then within a half a minute, now at this very instant, your soul will leave your body and you will no longer be a person. And that it is certain, the worst thing is that it is certain. And then the final shot of the movie oh, is God. Jay and Paul, who are now like together, holding hands, and then you see someone walking behind them, and you don't know if it's if it's the thing or not. It could just be some guy. And actually, I think it is just some guy. But the point is that you're never going you to never be. Know. You're, you can just never know. Oh my God. Yeah. I was wondering like how it was gonna end. Cause like, and I will say that the worst part of watching these trailers mm-hmm. is that I don't know how. Um, but with also only trailer amount of information. The, uns- like, that, like, discomfort that it ends on is, like, right. way scarier than if you just saw somebody get murdered at the end. And, Absolutely. And, like, cut to black. Right, if you saw her get killed, it'd be like, okay, well, You'd be like, so it keeps going. Mm-hmm. And when I think about it, what I think is, like, the fun moral, sort of. Sure, the fun moral. Is that, like, the only thing you could do to escape your mortality is fuck and, like, try to have relationships with other people even if it's, like, sad and, like, your life's sad. Like, even if things are bad, those are the only ways you can escape your mortality. It's, so like, it's not human like, connection. Right. It's not like, oh, we fell in love, love. We found true love, and that's what beat it. It's like, no, we're just hanging out and, and we're talking. Like comes. And we don't know what's going to happen. 
And I feel like that's much more obvious. Honestly, that's not the worst moral. Right. And I'm glad that it's not a moralizing, like that it's not a movie that like moralizes sex or it's right. like talking about, like it's a metaphor for like disease or right. like, yeah. it's like actually more a mortality thing, which I'm more okay with. Yeah. I still don't want to see it. And I would have turned it off as soon as he strapped her into a wheelchair. Oh boy. Okay. That's where I would have turned it off. Um, and then did you have any other questions, any thoughts about it? They're like, you know, I mean, where would you rate this on how scary it is? How spooky? I think this is four out of five spookies. Did we do it out of five last time? <laughs> Honestly, if the uh, measurement changes every time. Eight out of ten spookies. <laughs> producer okay, Sam? We're looking at our producer. He's, he's, he's just he's tossing a Sam in the wind being like, please stop um, looking at me. I would say it is, it is one of the spookier spooks. I feel like it's in my top ten, I would It say. feels definitely that there's, just from your description, it's a little bit like hereditary in the sense of like you're uncomfortable for the whole thing right i think there are other movies where like you do get a minute absolutely to breathe. and then and there's that's what's fun about those movies is like you do get to be like oh this part i get to enjoy them kicking ass or i yeah. get to enjoy the like the chase scene no no every scene of this it, it, because and i think it's like they did so much on, i don't know what the budget is but it looks like it's nothing yeah we're just like you are just seeing big picture windows you're seeing the windows of this community college and just everyone's walking. There's one scene where they go to the um, Hughes high, old high school mm-hmm. and find a yearbook to identify him. You, it's walking towards them the whole time. They never see it. You see it the whole time. Oh my god! And then that is a terrifying like. And then when Paul Paul see. goes to uh, sleep or try to sleep with the sex worker, and I guess we don't know for sure whether he did it or not. In his rearview mirror, you see someone walking. Like the implication is like it's always in the scene, even oh if you don't god. see it. It's great. I think it's. That's, it's I mean, really that's wonderful. a good horror movie. I'm, um, I'm out on it. Right. <laughs> I think you would have shut up actually at the beach that when you first see her yeah. dead body. <laughs> I don't even think you would. I honestly don't think you would have got past there because I remember seeing that at the theater and being like, what the fuck? <laughs> and if you felt that way, then exactly. I certainly would have been out of the theater, buying a Diet Coke and running out in the street screaming. And I would have been following you slowly. <laughs> not stupid, Allison. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed me ruining this movie. I... I, I did, honestly. I wanted to know what this was about for a very long time. And I never read the Wikipedia page. So. And we hope you, our audience, enjoyed it too. If you have movies that you'd like us to ruin, please um, contact us. We're yeah. both on Twitter. I'm at Hallie Kiefer. I'm at Allison Uh Keep it spooky. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Listen, I'm, they're not all going to be great catchphrases. I got to try them out. We're trying it out. All right. So we'll have another one next time. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Mm-hmm.